Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for That's Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Emerson! Hello and welcome to the Bora Breakdown podcast, the opposition show with me, Johnny. And today I'm with a oh, uh, very good friend, Ben, uh, from the YYY Files to chat about Stoke. Uh, ben, thank you very much uh, for joining me. How's it going? You okay? Thank you. Uh, yeah, all right, I suppose. I, if you'd have asked me a week ago, I'd have been in despair. But it's amazing what two own wins on a bounce does, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, we've got eight, and we're looking for eight in a row. So, um, that's true. It, I mean, it's, it's crazy what a few wins can do, isn't it? Um, but let's let's chat about what's been going on with with Stoke uh, this this season because it's our hundred fifth game between us. Um, it's spanning back since nineteen or two since our our first game. We bore one two 0 and I think we all know how that game was um, back in the day. Um, but given uh, obviously Matt Carrick, we've been always welcoming you guys to to the Riverside. We looking for our eighth win on the spin. You guys looking for your third win in a row. Um, obviously, we both beat Sunderland, which is very very nice. And you beat Leeds uh, last night as well. Um, but I just want to want to look at the the summer Ben first and see how things are because you did bring quite a few bodies in. You invested in the squad again. Um, so how would you reflect on the the summer transfer window for Stoke? Absolute chaos. <laughs> Like yeah. genuinely, it was insane. We uh, like it wasn't just a player turnover. So I'm sure we ended the season with that six players, and a couple of those left. We brought 18 in. One of them's already gone back to his parent club and out on loan again. Um, we didn't change the manager, but we did change the head of recruitment. We changed all our coaching staff. We changed the marketing director we changed the media department completely there's not much at stoke that really hasn't changed um but it's been so overdue really overdue uh we've needed modernizing for years um you know we've been going with this manager-led i don't want to say community club because that's a positive but i mean like a like you know a very local club as in like there's people that that were working at stoke for a long long time behind the scenes um and you know i i've seen people in my employment where like you know if you're at a company for 20 30 years you do get complacent 
Um, mm. And that's what happened. I think Tony Scholes was at Stoke for nearly 20 years and he left to go and work at the Premier League. Um, and rather than bring in a CEO to replace him, um, we brought in a whole manner of people in specific roles, much more like a modern club should do. The owner's taken, mm. albeit he's still very interested and obviously willing to foot the bill for anything, he's taken a bit of a backseat and let experts who aren't necessarily from Stoke, but experts in their field do all the work. And the growth, particularly off the pitch, has been really exciting. You know, the media team has yeah. been great. We've just announced a new fan zone. Um, any, anyone who watched Sky Sports last night might might have seen the, the, the light show that was going on with the new <laughs> LEDs that was in the stadium. Um, it's, it's just been a transformation on and off the pitch. It's just a shame that an on-the-pitch transition doesn't quite go as seamlessly as an off-the-pitch transition because we're signing that many players, having new coaching staff. It's just, it, We've looked disjointed, but that was to be expected, surely. I mean, anyone who watched Nottingham Forest last season, right? You know, they signed over 20 players and some of them didn't even make the matchday squad or, you know, even the squad in general, did they? And and we've gone down a very similar route. Um, I'm just hoping we come good just like they seem to have done. Yeah. On on that squad, obviously, you, you brought in quite a lot of players and on paper, it looks really solid. Like a lot of Stork teams have probably over the last couple of years. Um what do you think this year is is just a case of when it clicks it'll it'll really start to be exciting or is it just a case of this is going to probably need another like 12 to 18 months um it's really difficult isn't it it, it depends on genuinely how good the recruitment team can find these hidden gems because that's what they are you know we've been signing players from the Hungarian league and the Portuguese league and the Korean league um Wesley from Villa you know hasn't played a game for a good year or so um we've taken a lot of chances um and a lot of it when when you know our 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 recruitment team sees these players they they see potential even even if they're not great today they will be tomorrow it's just how long is tomorrow um Mm. so I can't answer that um what what I would say is that I watched a video over the summer um, from Tifo Football, I think, and they were breaking down why transfers don't work out. Um, and they say that in like ten percent of cases, the manager just just doesn't get on with them, or ten uh, percent of times they don't settle, or in ten percent of cases they just get injured. Um, and it adds up to be around half of transfers in football simply just don't work out. Now, we've signed 18 players. That would suggest that nine are duds. (laughs) (laughs) So when when they have formed, you know, those nine players are a good, you know, 30% of our squad because, you know, we had to sign so many players because we had so few in the first place. We're going to have to let them go and try again next season. And it's going to be... I I think it may take a couple of years just to, you know, just to come good and, you know... if. it might be 10 signings next summer and six the next and maybe three big signings the next. Um, but we might get lucky. And, you know, Jared Dublin, head of recruitment, uh, uh, he he was at Sheffield United. And, of course, he brought through, you know, some really good players, to be fair. Um, scouted some really good gems. So this could be quite painful, 
but I've, I'm already seeing improvement as in, you know, I'm seeing the patterns of play. I'm seeing the partnerships. Um, I'm seeing the confidence. I'm seeing the, you know, Ryan Mai, for example. Um, so he's the one that joined from the Hungarian league. He looked quite physically meek, but then he didn't have to be, you know, he's that sort of player that drops off and almost acts like yeah. a false nine. Um, he didn't need to be strong, but when you're coming up against these big championship centre-backs, you need a bit of muscle behind you. Well, he's been injured, and during that time, he's certainly beefed up, and hopefully that pays off for him, and the same sort of treatment will will be the same for everybody else. Um, I'll tell you what has happened. <laughs> Everybody's been injured because everyone's trying to acclimatise to this this country's brutal football. You know, Andre Vidigal scored four goals in his first five games, I think, and then mm. went down injured. Ryan May went down injured. Um, it, it's, it's, it just shows how brutal the league is, and you simply can't just buy your way in. You've got to be really smart with your recruitment. Um, mm. And that just plays testament to those who are up where they are at the moment, because you know, we, we could have quite easily done a Leicester five years ago, um, and, and we didn't because we got our recruitment wrong. Yeah. On that recruitment though, obviously this, this is a big topic with all the players that have came in. Is there anyone that likes has actually well stood out to you? I know I know that you said not fifty percent of transfers just don't work out, but is there any that like actually have? Because obviously Vidigal has came in, he scored four goals, he started off really bright. Uh, I like uh Vuta Berger as well, like the midfit centre defence mid from Basel. Um like backstory is I, I say anyone uh FIFA from my Aberdeen to Kareem. <laughs> some of our people in te- our Telegram chat will know all about. Um and I was just, I went down the rabbit hole of the Swiss League, started to find some like, some gems, and you know, you know, you know how it is how it builds. And I re- obviously I've I've been watching him from a fan. I didn't really actually realise he signed for stock uh this season, but um is there anyone that actually is like standing out for you right now and could potentially play an impact in our game probably at the weekend? If we're talking about short-term impact, I mean, probably the, the most impressive of the signings that are a bit more exotic, probably Berger is that one. You know, he's yeah. displaced uh, Josh Laurent in midfield, who is the captain. Um, wow. And, and he's been playing re- really well, particularly against Leeds. You know, defensively, mm-hmm. he was immaculate. Um, is Is capable of the spectacular? but perhaps tries it a little bit too much at the moment. He could definitely benefit from keeping his game just a little bit simpler, you know, less passes with the outside of your foot and more actually completing them five yards. Um, but he, he he looks like a cracking player and, and physically he's one that was certainly ready for this league, no doubt about that. Um, of, the, of the older heads, it's nice to have Mark Travers in goal and not someone who doesn't have any limbs as we have done for the last three years. It's been it, it, when we signed Travers, um, Alex Neil said signing him will give us 10 or 12 extra points this season. And you can clearly see the difference. You know, Stoke mm-hmm. have had over, and I'm talking years now, I've always had great goalkeepers. You know, you, you go back from Gordon Banks and Peter Shilton all the way to, you know, Asme Begovic, Jack Butland, they've been top tier um, to have had people like Jack Bonham in goal. Um, has has just been really disappointing um, to watch and seeing the really cheap goals we've conceded. Um, So it's nice to have Travis back. Um, Someone that might surprise us, I'm I'm not sure. Mehdi Leris has been really interesting as a signing. Um, 
he he is basically what Jacob Brown was, as in he's been playing on the wing, he's been working very hard, um, really good defensively. Uh, does does try the odd trick on the wing and can get past people. Um, but the amount of headers he won against Sam Byron last night was incredible. And we're leaning into that so much. I d- I'm not sure who's playing at left back for you guys at the moment, but I hope he's over six foot because if not, I, I know exactly where that ball's going on Saturday afternoon. It's going to be over towards that right-hand side of ours. Um, yeah, was, go on, go on. No, I, I, I was just going to say we, the, there's there's some players that are exciting haven't broken through yet, like Nikola Jojic. Um, I think he came from Serbia or Slovenia. I can't I can't mm. remember which one. He's not had much of an impact yet. Um but someone who might surprise us, particularly with rotation through, you know, just, just fitness, is Bae Jun Ho, um, nineteen year old from South Korea. He's been really sharp. Um, not quite ready yet to start games, I don't think. But if we're one nil down perhaps on Saturday, I can imagine him coming on and having a huge difference. Um, he's just so direct and really intelligent. Um, like I say, maybe not quite ready physically, but he doesn't half get stuck in when he wants to. Um, we've got options for the first time in a long time. That's that's what's been good about this transfer window. We've we've mixed up the type of players we've signed. You know, you look at Wesley and Ryan May, completely different players. We did not have that last season at all. Yeah, that that development and that journey that I think you guys are on, like Ryan Noah, it's, it's, it, I could see very similar parallels and I know you spoke to Dan last year around like how Millsborough and Stoke are quite similar we started that journey um of you know completely new recruitment under when when Neil Warnock was just in charge and we got rid of him and, and we brought in Chris Wilder in the, in the November a couple of seasons ago now and you know we've we've overhauled our recruitment we've got a whole new recruitment team we just brought in a new performance analyst uh from from Stockport who's going to be like our head of performance you know, we've got Kieran Scott there heading everything up and we've kind of went away from a manager leading recruitment to the club leading recruitment and we play in a certain way and if you don't do it that way, then it's probably not going to work out. And we've we've really started to benefit from that. I think that obviously, you're not always going to get all the signs, right? Like we've, got, we've both mentioned. And, but when they do work out and when you start to really believe in that process and it starts to really start to come together, you really do start to find these gems. And I think I was somewhere, it's like, it's been a case of we lost what 66 goals pretty much in this, in the flick of a switch, you know, like just gone from Giles, Akpom, uh, Archer and, and Ramsey. And then you're thinking how God, like how are we going to get all these goals together? And then you just slowly start to th- see things like piece together and, from what you were saying there, it feels like you are very much at that start of that journey. You've got a, a chairman as well who is definitely, definitely wanting to invest quite a lot, and he and they have done over like the last uh, few seasons as well. But I'm excited to see what the journey will be like for you guys, maybe that, that next eighteen months. But with football, it can it can change so quickly. Like we changed it with Wilder, we were on this really good run, then died off. Wilder wanted to go elsewhere, and we've brought in Carrick, and we've just seemed to go one direction obviously apart from maybe the first seven or eight games of the season but to now like it's it seems like when it starts to click and the patterns start to appear and you know you you really do start to hone in on on the strengths of the squad and what you've got available and we've done something different with different this summer as well around bringing in players that can play multiple positions at once and that's really started to benefit was when, you know, we have a lot of injuries right now coming into Saturday and a suspension here in Hackney and thinking, well, actually, we're probably okay. 
Um, but in terms of our left back, Lucas Angle, uh, he had an absolute stinker against West uh, Sheffield Wednesday and then has just came on so good ever since. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to get a tape measure out because I'm not too sure uh, how tall he is. But Alex Bangura, I think it should be similar height as well. So we'll see on that one. But for your season so far, you know, five wins, one draw, seven defeats, you're 16th. You've came on back-to-back wins off Sunderland and Leeds. How are you feeling now that you've had a couple of wins? Obviously, the, the two defeats in the last previous games, I think one were Leicester, Leicester and one was Southampton. So it's really like not too bad on paper. Um, but how would you kind of like assess things right now coming into Borough's, coming into the game on Saturday? How are you feeling? Obviously, there's a lot of change on and off the pitch, but you were mentioning earlier on like the patterns of play and how things are slowly starting to come together, that ball over to that, to that right-hand side. So how are you feeling about everything right now? Um, I think I said to you when I first joined the call that if you'd have asked me two weeks ago, I'd have been really despondent and quite concerned. Mm. Um, but having reflected on... Again, it's amazing what a couple of wins does. Um, I, don't be wrong, I, I'm still cautiously optimistic. I know that Stoke, could, like you rightly said, are on a bit of a journey here. But I look back at, you mentioned Southampton and Leicester. And the Southampton game, you know, we played well. And bar some really poor refereeing, we would have genuinely won that game. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, we... we, we gen- We've been apologised by PGMOL, I think, six times this season for penalties that should have gone our way. And I'm not saying we'd have won any of those games, but Southampton particularly was dreadful. Um, I don't think he's refereed a game since. I think he's been dropped. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Leicester, everyone's going to lose to Leicester, I think, this season. Um, But we defended pretty well until we decided just to give it a go. And then Leicester battered us the minute you come on to Leicester, they, 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 they just go into third gear and, and, and take you out. Um, and then we played reasonably well again against uh, Sunderland and, and Leeds as well. And although it's not been spellbinding football, um, I said I'm finally starting to see patterns of play, but they're finally getting it. The players are getting the, you know, what it takes and, you know, you can't be scared or lazy or, uh, not concentrating, you know, you've got to be switched on for 90 minutes. And I think the players are getting that message now. Um, I think a lot of players have been just sp- surprised by the intensity of this league. And it won't help that a lot of them have been injured. Um, but but we're getting there. And I, I'm not saying we're going to win every game by any stretch, but I think we, you know, as, as proven last night, as long as we stick to the game plan, don't make any silly mistakes, because that's been... More often than not, silly mistakes resulting in goals for us. Um, as long as we keep those to a minimum, we could give anybody a game. It's going to be difficult against you guys, considering the run that you've been on. Um, but we're in decent form, so why not? Yeah, I, I'm against Leicester. I wasn't quite sure why people were going, <laughs> but <laughs> to this one against Borough. Good luck to them. I I think the fans up there will have a good, a, a decent afternoon anyway, or or at least we'll be encouraged by what we see. Yeah, and I think on on this game as well for me, it's I think it's a really difficult game for us. You know, from from everything that you've been mentioning earlier, and I watched a bit of the game last night. It just seems that this probably could be quite a bad time to play a stalk because of 
when things slowly start to click, the confidence starts to build. You're mentioning there around like people are starting to slowly get it and really start to work for Alex Neal. And I hate when Bora play Alex Neal teams because he always seems to have our number and it really annoys me. Um, I remember like Preston before where the beat us 2 1. I remember obviously the Norwich game where the beat us at Wembley. And, and you know, obviously he's. he's He's a very shrewd manager, and I would have had him at Middlesbrough. You know, I think if, if when we're getting rid of of Wilder, there, there was there's a few names. Like when when the when the rumours started around Wilder saying that he was going to go to Burnley or to, to Bournemouth, I was like, well, Alex Neal could be a shout. Um, and then you know, so it went a little bit longer, and then Rob Edwards and Matt Carrick became very apparent and very clear, and that was like, yes, I'm a hundred percent behind those two names. And we we end up getting with Carrick, but Alex Neil for me just it I don't know. He just has he just has something over it's very much Tony Mowbray syndrome with us where Mowbray always tends to beat us. We beat him for a couple of weeks ago, so I'm happy with that. Um but if we're looking at the predictions for the game, obviously you've had a you've had a few injuries. Obviously Ben Wilmot as well injured again, which is very frustrating for you guys. Well, well what a talent. Like and he just keeps getting injured, which is frustrating. But how do you see the game going on Saturday? Do you feel like there's a really good opportunity for Stoke to, to maybe win the game. Um, I think this is Stoke's sort of game, and I, yeah. I I I I say that because you guys aren't going to sit back, and if you do, you'll have more chance of winning the game. I think, ironically, um, Stoke just don't know how to break down a solid team. You know, the 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 one of the few losses we've had at home this season was against Preston, and of course, yeah. you know. They've, yeah. they were anyway terrific defensively this season, and we just could not break them down. They they nicked a goal or two, and and that's all she wrote. But I think you know we'll be the ones on Saturday to you know take a back seat, not not necessarily be be overwhelmed, but you know our our press is coming on well now, uh, and that. And the counter press as well, particularly against Leeds, was really good. Wouter Berger leading that counter press was excellent, um, winning the ball back so many times. Um, I, so I, I, I think this is our sort of game, which is a very dangerous thing to say because, uh, like I say, the run that you guys have been on and the quality that you've shown, and you know, if anything has broken Stoke down recently, other than the own silly mistakes it has been quality like i say as soon as leicester decided to go into third gear they showed mm. it ipswich when we played them you know they they turned on the style for a few minutes and they scored a couple of goals and again that's all she wrote so um i feel like if you guys get a foothold in the game at, at nil nil particularly um it'll be more likely you guys to take the lead i, I wonder how it would have gone last night if bamford did score that penalty rather than stick over the bar and we go down the other end and nick it. Um, yeah. But, you know, 1-0 down, I think we could probably hold a lead. So I think if we're going to get you guys, we've got to get you early um, mm. and and try and sit on that lead a little bit. Um, but then, like I say, we, we've not been the most productive up front. There, there is partnerships brewing. Um, mm. You know, Vidigal nearly scored from a couple of crosses yesterday. Uh, Berger and Ryan May yesterday, they were there, there was an interchange of about one, two, three, four very quick passes together, and nearly put the ball under Melier, and that that seems to be a really good partnership. Daniel Johnson's realizing that he can play wherever he likes in that midfield, and and he'll be somewhat effective. He'll he'll be a seven out of ten. 
like I say, we've got options to change the game. Wesley to come on and try and be a bit more of a physical presence and Bajon Ho to be a bit more scary, I guess. Um, but uh, I'm just glad that Van Pearson didn't get a yellow card because I think that would have been his 10th <laughs> of the season. And uh, which is, I'm, I'm pretty sure the championship record is is Ben Pearson's 13 yellows in a yeah. season. Um, how many games are we on now? 12, 13 games and he's already on yeah. eight or nine? That's absolutely insane. <laughs> I mean, it's very Ben Pearson for him to do that, though. Like, I don't yeah. think I've ever seen a game where he hasn't got booked. Um, just, uh, you know what I mean? He's just like one of those really, like, not like scruffy midfielders, but like, he's just, he knows how to break a game down. And yes. I thought he was very, very good at Preston and obviously very, very good um, for you guys as well. And just that, that midfield, I think Pearson and, and Butterberger as well, like, that's like a good, that's a tidy midfield. I feel like just it maybe might just lack that someone who can really bring the ball forward as much. But if you want to turn over games and really get teams on the counter, you've got two very, two very, very good defensive midfielders to do that, right? So I'm very intrigued by this game now and see how he could potentially build. But have you got a score prediction at all for it? Oh, blimey. Uh... Come on, Ben. You've got this. You go and and yeah. you hate it when I ask you for this, don't you? Hate it, but because it, uh, it 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 seems that sort of game. Like you know what? Yeah. Two teams and well, one in very good form. One who's you know going to be going in with a bit of confidence. So nil nil. <laughs> well, okay. yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. I, I love just that, seeing I mean. it being one of those games. You know, like just you know, two teams who are playing well but just can't quite figure each other out. And yeah. Uh, you know, knowing me now, it'll be five plus goals. But look, I'm 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 going nil nil just because I'm I'm getting confidence in our defense. Michael Rose and Luke Manali are finally getting a bit of partnership, which is nice. Mm. Um, but yeah, I I particularly away from home, our attack hasn't been that potent, so I do worry there. So based off that, nil nil, uh, and and we'll be chuffed with that. We'll be you know mm. with, with the guys. With with the run that you guys are on, we'll be we'll be chuffed with that. I'm sure you know to get seven points from Leeds, um, Sunderland, and Borough would be excellent for us. Excellent. So yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think I can't. If that form would remind me of that February that you guys had, uh, where you had where you just went on this incredible run and you looked amazing, and then it just went. Ugh. Like I'm gone. Like just like I don't know what happened in the end, but it was you know maybe that could be the start of of that run again. And once you get a bit of confidence in these new players, like it could just be a really exciting few months for you as well. Um, but I'm gonna go with the. I think I'm gonna go two one Borough. I can see you scoring, but I just think I'm hoping that we continue the winning run. Um, and we just we just edge it, and that would be really good for us. Then we go to Plymouth, and oh, we got we Exeter in the cup, and then Plymouth. So a long couple of journeys, but fingers crossed we actually do it. But Ben, thank you, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time. I know it, you're really hectic at the minute, so it's, I'm so I'm so delighted that you've came on and, and spoke to me uh, tonight. But for everyone who's listening to us and watching us uh, on YouTube and the podcast providers, don't forget to give us a five star rating, subscribe give us a thumbs up all that do that fun stuff but ben can anyone find you anywhere the content i know it's been a little bit quiet because of how busy you are at the moment but why why files uh on twitter anywhere else 
Yeah, it, um, I'm I'm lucky that the content's a bit timeless, really. So it, it's yeah. a little bit different to stuff like this. I um, I interview Stoke fans basically about how they 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 started getting involved with the club and their journey through their favorite games, their favorite players, what they think of the club now. Um, and and luckily that stuff is pretty timeless. So um, if if you did want to get your fill on Stoke, by all means, go and get involved with that. Um, but if you fancy learning just a little bit more about Stoke, um. HITC uh, released a really good video on Stoke recently, you know, breaking down the last 10, 15 years or so, about half an hour long. Um, go and find it on YouTube. It's really, really good. Um, and it, I posted on Twitter, it, it, it made my blood boil. And all they had to do was state facts and break and, and analyze them really well. <laughs> and I got really angry. So go and watch that video. It was really good. I've wasted 10, 15 years of my life for this. And I just think, I'm like, oh, why? What have I done? Oh, man. Well, thank you so much. Uh, and to listen to viewers, thank you so much uh, for listening. But this has been uh, the Bore Breakdown podcast. And that was like boring stock chatter in a pod. Up the Bore Breakdown. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 